and welcome to that tech pod where we discuss all things e-discovery, cybersecurity, data privacy, and tech innovation. I'm Laura Milstein, and I know a little bit about technology. And I'm Kevin Albert, and I feel like I know a little bit about technology as well. I mean, I hope he does, because he runs our education department. Thanks for stepping in again today, Kev. Sadly, Gabby is not able to make the show, but we have been bringing on heavy hitters to talk about all these topics. And today we have a very special guest. For those of you who constantly listen to us, thank you again. If you recently heard the Katie Bowick episode around music and tech, we got a lot of people that reached out asking for more. So we dove into our portfolio of people that we don't know and reached out to find the perfect guest. So today we are talking to a man that honestly, wow, let me just take a minute, breathe in for a second. That's right. Ian McConnell. This guy's a big deal. He's a singer and songwriter, often referred to as the Kroger brand Ed Sheeran, Sexy Kermit the Frog, and to some, even a stupid piece of shit by his vocal minority of 600,000 plus TikTok and 230,000 Instagram followers. So why do we want this guy on our show? Come on, wait a minute, get through the episode, and I think you're going to find out why his music has been streamed over 23 million times across many platforms. With a math and cello major, obviously, Ian, welcome to the show. Hey, good to be here. I'm so pumped to be on. Ian, uh, we're really excited to have you here. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Can you tell us how you got here? Totally. I, uh, I grew up Northern Virginia, just outside Washington, D.C. I went to a science and tech high school up in Northern Virginia, Thomas Jefferson. Um, and so got some, I played in the orchestra there and also was doing kind of computer science kind of stuff and a lot of astronomy research up there. And then went to school for cello and math. And that's kind of stayed consistent. I moved to Nashville, started writing more music. I've been writing music for a long time. But then I started producing my own music and then I started putting it on the internet. And the internet is an amazing place where anybody can find you and anybody can be discovered. And everything in my life has just come from making music and putting it on the internet. I mean, that's a beautiful right there. Like everyone just take that in. Just the internet will save your life. Boom. So, Ian, your music is very different than most. And you said you lived, uh, you moved to Nashville. Katie Bullock moved to Nashville. So I'm sensing a trend for not only our guests, but just musicians, I guess. You're all moving to Nashville, um, at least the ones we seem to talk to. But what about your music inspired you? Because it, it seems like your music is kind of more relatable. Like, I'm like, I also am addicted to coffee and don't want it to stain my teeth. I'm, I'm hearing your lyrics and I'm totally in agreement. So what kind of made you write this? Was it just like you're in your feels one day and you were like, I don't feel like crying about a relationship. I just want to be like upfront about things that really make me mad, things that make me happy. How did, how did you get to that? Well, back in 2020, early in the pandemic, I started putting kind of observational comedy songs, just like little short clips on TikTok, while also making country music on like Spotify and Apple Music and stuff like that, Um, which both of those things were fun, but they were very separate arenas. And I had my TikTok fans that liked the comedy and I had my Spotify country fans that liked the, the country stuff. And then this year I was like, you know, maybe I could just put it all together. and so. I tried to make this pro- this most recent project season one. I think you were referring to my song Friends. Um, that is like a mix of observational comedy and 
classic like song structure and Nashville songwriting. And it's been so fun to just try new things. And some of them I feel like pay off and some of them I feel like don't. Um, but it's a, it's a great time to take risks, especially with the internet because the internet rewards, you know, you taking risks and trying new things and all sorts of things like that. Have you found the interaction with the fans on TikTok different from the ones on YouTube and, and, you know, SoundCloud and things like that. And have you found that you like one versus the other better, or are they both sort of equally work for you? I have found them different specifically because the TikTok algorithm really caters to new discovery. And so a lot of the folks that see my content don't already follow me. They are people seeing my content for the first time. Whereas folks who follow me on Instagram and YouTube already, they're they're searching me out or they already follow me. And so it tends to be the people that find me on YouTube or Instagram are much kinder than the (laughs) folks who find me on TikTok. Because the folks on TikTok, you know, they just happen to see some song and they're like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, he says all these dumb things. He's probably like such a loser, blah, 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 blah. Uh, but, I'm, you know, it, you get used to it. It comes with a grain of salt. And you're like, all right, well, these people, you know, will probably never interact with me again. And it'll be it'll be fine and all that stuff. But there is definitely an adjustment period when you go from not putting things out on the Internet to I put things on the Internet. Many people see it. And there seems to be a core of people that get really upset about it or really mad about it. But it is, you know, a very it's it's very vocal. But like I said, a, a minority of people, for the most part, it's a very positive experience being found and being discovered and that kind of thing. It's a different era of music discovery because it's not based on higher up somewhere being like, this is what the kids are going to love you. It's, it's the actual artist putting things out and the kids or whoever it is in my case, millennials, mostly being like, I actually really like this. That's kind of rad. As a millennial, I admittingly agree. fully. Um, so can you tell us a little bit in more on like the tech side now? So when we talked yes. to Katie, we asked her a lot of questions around tech of, you know, how do you actually get paid? Do you get paid? Um, and we referenced Enya because I happen to love Enya's financial structure and her whole life living in that castle in Ireland. Big fan. I, I literally could not tell you which song is which of Enya's like at all. They're all the same song to me. But Enya makes so much money because her music is ev- like anytime you hear a song, you're like, who's this? Just assume it's Enya. Just it is. Mm. And so I'm like, how is Enya sitting in her castle tracking this? Like, do you have to ask her for permission to like put it on? I don't even know. And with yours, you're on Spotify, you're on Instagram, you're on TikTok. Enya's not on TikTok. So I wonder if I like take one of your TikToks and just put it on my TikTok. I don't know how to TikTok. I am a terrible millennial. Um, definitely wish I was Gen Z. I would. But let's say I could do that. Is that illegal? Am I allowed? Do you have rights on that? What is the sort of how does that part work? And and then after that, my next follow up, if you can memorize everything I'm saying, is just what other tech things are we not thinking of that we should be asking you? Okay. So in terms of getting paid from music from internet music, which is you know essentially my genre, streaming pays fairly well. It it doesn't pay particularly well to songwriters because it, it's it's mostly subsidized by the record label side of things, which means that the master, there's there's two sides to every song. There's the master, which is the sound recording, and then there's the publishing, which is the underlying composition. 
I make, I produce on my own music and I'm not with a label, which means that I own hundred percent of my master. I also write most of my music myself and I'm not affiliated with a publishing company. So I, most of the time own hundred percent of my publishing, unless I have written the song to somebody else. In which case I own 50% of it or something like that. So anytime I get streamed on Spotify or Apple music or YouTube or all those other places that you can get streamed, there's a certain amount of money that comes in and it's different rates for different things. And it's not like a super high rate, but if you get streamed a hundred thousand times in a day, you can make a, a good amount of money in a certain day. When it comes to TikTok, there is a creator fund and Instagram now has this too, where you each creator is paid a certain amount based on how many views they had in a month. In terms of other people using your songs or your sound, in theory, you're supposed to be paid a certain amount for that. But unless you're, you know, Dua Lipa and your song is being used 800,000 times or something like that, you're probably not going to see a whole lot of residuals from that. As far as I know, it's not illegal to use someone else's. Honestly, TikTok and Instagram both reward users for using sounds that are not their original sound, you know, because like on, on Reels or TikTok, if, if you're if you're on TikTok or anything, you you run across the same song over and over and over because lots of people are making different videos to the same sound, which is usually a song. And sometimes it's not. But in that case, I think there is certain licensing that should be paid. But that was a big thing back in 2020. And I don't actually remember how it got sorted out. In terms of Enya, you know, with Enya getting paid, her songs are used in lots of things. Those are usually under the frame of sync licensing, which is like money paid to you in order to use your song in film, TV, commercials, stuff like that. And those are usually a 50-50 split between the master recording and the publishing side of things. So if Enya owns her masters, she can make a good amount of money sitting in her castle just because somebody used only time in a Brooklyn Nine-Nine episode or something like that. And is it about sort of, you know, not like gaming the algorithm, but is it about ensure that um, that song is, is played over and over again? And obviously, you know, the, the fact that you're on TikTok or whatever and people are using that same sound, is it the repeating nature of it so that it trends and, and that kind of thing? Or what is it about the that gets you the those followers and gets that to be over and over again? There's many ways to do it. My specific way of doing it is probably, well, it's definitely different than the the current, like, for sure this is going to work kind of thing is trying to run a campaign where you ask other users, specifically influencers, to use your song in a video and you just hope that it catches on and other people who are not getting paid to use the song, use the song. That's one way to do it. I've not done that. Actually, I briefly tried to do that back in 2020. It didn't work out super well. The way that I do it is I just, I make my music and then I make my video based on it. And I just, I try and just use the art that I already have and just post clips of the art instead of trying to promote the song itself. So the way that, the way that I gain my followers usually is people come across videos that I post of my music and other people, you know, inevitably will use those sounds, but I'm not getting, you know, a hundred thousand people using the sounds. It's usually, you know, for a popular song of mine, like friends has probably been used 2000 times, which is pretty great. You know, that's 2000 more exposures than I was going to get from just posting things myself. But the way that I get followers mostly is I have a, a lengthy catalog. I think that the content I put out is fairly engaging. I've been spending years learning how to make engaging content and stuff. And I use that knowledge to my advantage. And then folks come across it. 
say, oh, this song is cool or this guy is interesting. Let's go check out all of this stuff. And I have, you know, years of content and I have years of music out and stuff like that. And so it becomes, I try and turn single exposures into large deep dives as much as I can. Awesome. That's great. Just to kind of dive a little bit into the AI behind technology, do you think when putting your music on things like Spotify or Apple, is there anything that you have to keep in mind with AI that's sort of tracking what you're doing? Like, um, I know if I go into Apple podcasts or not podcast music, or I go into Spotify and I'm like, hey, I like Nelly Country Grammar is a song that I'm really into. What a classic. But then I want the next song to be Ja Rule. And I just, you know, want to be like, yeah, R.I.P. Ashanti. And I want to get weird. But instead, the next thing that comes up is like, a country music song because the algorithm in there or the AI behind it has confused me. How do you use that? How do you use AI to make people find your music on platforms like Spotify and Apple? Is there anything you can do with that? Do you know, would you come up if I was listening to country music? What is your sort of like, how does that work? That is a great question. There's a number of ways. I There are a number of strategies to achieve it. All of them don't work for some people, and all of them have worked for somebody. In terms of Spotify, my older music will, would come up as, as country music because it was heavily playlisted at the time. Um, and that's a really big way to be found is to, you know, have your music put on editorial playlists like, you know, Hot Country or Pop Rising or something like that, or algorithmic playlists, which are radio, Discover Weekly, Daily Mix, that kind of stuff. Uh, and that's that's more Spotify than Apple. Apple is is not as much radio based as Spotify is. And then Pandora is, of course, the most radio based. But it it usually the Spotify algorithm seems to learn fairly well, like fairly quickly, who folks are listening to in addition to you. So if folks are listening to country music, and one of my newer songs comes up, and they skip it, and that happens a, a number of times. Spotify will stop putting me into country algorithms. But if I pop up on a list with, you know, Bo Burnham or uh, Andy Grammer or one of those people and people don't skip me, then I get, I will, you know, end up in more of those similar artists and stuff like that. Um, in terms of like, that, that's how it works with, with Spotify. On social media, which is, goes right hand in hand with streaming, hashtags are huge. And also just, the folks that follow you and also follow other folks. There's somebody that follows Hank Green or something like that. And then I pop up and they like my video or they watch it to the extent other people who follow Hank Green are probably more likely to start seeing my videos pop up. Um, you mentioned, obviously, Bo Burnham. I was going to actually ask a question sort of along those veins. Obviously, you know, this musical comedy has been around for a while. You have the Weird Al Yankovics, you have the Adam Sandlers of, of back in the day, and now you have those like Bo Burnham who've become more famous and, and all. Do you feel like the musical comedy trend is trending upwards? Do you feel like you can actually now do this as a, as a job? Like you can start on YouTube and you can actually become a famous person? Is, is that what you're seeing more, more and more? Kevin, Justin Bieber did that. Come on, let's not forget where Usher found him. <laughs> true, but he was not very funny when doing it. I do see the spaces for musical comedy are, they're small. So there can be many, many artists that sound like Dua Lipa, and lots of people can listen to all of those artists. If there's multiple people trying to be Bo Burnham, probably they're just going to listen to Bo Burnham. And so 
as a musical comedian or comedic musician or whatever I am, I really, you know, search to forge, forge my own lane in, in that space and TikTok and Instagram and stuff like that. And just putting lots of content out. There's, you can, there's an immense amount of content to be put out. There's many places now to put content out and you can just try lots of things and see what six and stuff like that. And I'm sure that there is a market for just like specifically knock off Bo Burnham or something like that, but it's hard to become a superstar that way. Certainly not that I particularly care for superstardom. I want to make enough money that I could just keep making music and have a nice little life, but that's just me. Everybody's got their different goals. That is the definition of superstardom to some of us. So that's fair. <laughs> You're good. I don't want people to know my name. I just want to make enough money that I can be like Enya in my castle and be like, don't worry about it. <laughs> Do you have advice for folks who are coming up behind you? What would you recommend is the best way to either get started or the best way to get from somebody who's already started to get to their first hundred followers and then from their first hundred to their next 10,000? Yes. First of all, try lots of things, try lots of content and stuff like that. But content is key. So try many things. And also the biggest, my biggest breakthrough in terms of making content is I just started making things that I thought was cool. You know, if I watch a video of mine and I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't watch this. And that, that's a new phenomenon, but it, it kind of speaks to, I, I, my logic process is I think that this is interesting. There's lots of people on earth. There's no way I'm that unique. So other people must also find this interesting. But if I post something and I don't think it's interesting, then I'm like, there's probably, again, a lot of other people who are not going to find this interesting. Why do I want to make something that I don't enjoy? That kind of defeats the whole purpose of all of it. So that would be my thing. Kevin, should we take Ian's advice and start listening to our own podcast? I mean, <laughs> I listen to the podcast. I, oh, make okay. my, I, I make my family listen to the podcast. That's okay, then we're, yeah. then we're good. Then we're good. Ian, you have been awesome. Uh, thank you again for coming on the show today. We really appreciate it. I know that you're on the road today and traveling, so we appreciate that you still took the time to, to hop on and do a deeper dive into the AI behind technology with us. Uh, yeah, is there is there anything last that you want to say to the world. This is your moment to be on a completely different platform. What do you want to tell everyone? Totally. I think that tech people, as I am also a tech person, might really enjoy my music. If you'd like to check out what I have, my name is Ian McConnell. I am convinced I'm the most famous Ian McConnell to ever exist in all of history. So if you Google my name, you'll find my music and my content and all sorts of other fun things. So check me out, Ian McConnell, at Ian McConnell Music on socials. I appreciate y'all having me on. If you get bored and you ever want to write a song about that tech pod, I give you full permission. Even if it's negative, we're in for it. Hopefully it's okay. not negative, but just letting you know. No, I don't, can't you imagine have, it being You have negative. rights. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. No, this has been awesome. great. We really appreciate Thanks the so time. Thanks so much, Ian. Yes, thank y'all. That was so fun. Here's one more from Ian McConnell, and then after that, we're going to wrap this thing up. Hey. Aloha. It's your boy. <laughs> Stoned at the airport, thinking about life, hoping I remember to catch my flight. Had a little scare, but your boy's all right. Now I'm taking time off to relax my mind. I've been overwhelmed, not prioritizing my mental health. Spending too much time wrapped up in myself 
And somehow also not enough Being 26 is tough How do I do all this stuff? I work a lot and I exercise And I meditate and I socialize And I date a girl and I read And I try to get enough sleep And the last two months have felt like a minute Like I looked up in the world Was looking different Damn I feel like an adult And I'm pretty sure I really don't like it Never thought I ever would Now I'm dancing around a quarter life crisis I was a child of the 90s Right in my prime But now I'm a guy who's past 25 Like whoa Damn I feel like an adult Some of my best friends are getting married And some are buying stocks And some are making money But hate their fucking jobs And some are in their 30s But none are in their teens And all of us are tired by 11.15 What do you think of this one, Laura? This is one of my favorites They're all really good But yeah, I love this one Yeah, it's a, it's a good one I really like it as well Everyone, check out this song Check out all his songs So relatable For sure Kevin, today we just talked to Ian McConnell, singer, songwriter, just honestly, great guy, really an inspirational guy, smart, intelligent uh, guy. And I I do regret not asking him for a math equation because I feel like he would have sent us like a really like mind spiraling one. But um, I thought he was really interesting. And following up from the Katie Bowick episode, I think he gave us a, a sort of a different side of music and tech. But you run our education department. Educate me. Educate us all. What what were your tech takeaways? Agreed. I thought he was really funny. And I definitely think, you know, it's a definitely different spin. I think one of the things that I, again, talked about last time, but I think here is the fact that, you know, again, it's a world that is outside of my own. And it's something that I never really considered. And it is certainly something that I think is interesting. You see a lot more kids these days who are trying to become famous on TikTok. You know, my own kids think about it and talk about it. And, you know, they want to have a YouTube channel. And, you know, we have to kind of talk to them about how this is certainly something you can do, but it's hard to become famous. It's hard to become somebody who makes a living off of this. And so have this as a hobby, have it as a thing you do on the side, but get a real job um, type of thing. And so I think it's interesting to kind of talk to somebody who's actually found a way to make a living and found a way to, you know, have this be their full-time job. And so for me, I think that piece of it was really interesting. I agree. If you want to hear more music from Ian, if you want to hear more uh, from us, you have any questions, don't be shy. Reach out to us at contact at thattechpod.com. Swing on over to our website, www.thattechpod.com. Enter your email to subscribe to us, get some great merchandise, make good choices, and incorporate them into your life by heading over to LinkedIn slash That Tech Pod, Instagram, TikTok, wherever you want to find us, Twitter, at That Tech Pod. Kev, is there anything else our audience can do to help us? Absolutely. Um, you know, go to wherever you get your podcasts, you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you do, you know, give us a five-star review. All that kind of helps us uh, just get out there and, you know, helps us with the algorithms. Even if you hate us, we still want to hear from you and see what we can do to make it better. Thanks again and see you next week. See you.